founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Oh, so appropriate, Lou. We're welcoming back today uh, Michael Mbadichich, Rudy Giuliani, who um, had a deal with the Grand Jury Inquisition and the Inquisitor, the DA of Fulton County yesterday. Uh, he was magnificent this morning on with uh, Sid Rosenberg right after I was on. I mean, it was like heckle and Jekyll. I was heckle and uh, Rudy was Jekyll. It was like a comedy fest extraordinaire. You would never have known that Rudy had gone through uh, a grueling cross-examination and inquisition. And remember, he could face multiple criminal investigations, especially around January 6th. Uh, so, uh, for a guy who has so many people coming at him as the, um, private counsel for then president Donald Trump, what an incredible attitude he has kept. He's jovial, he's funny, and he consistently says, Hey, what do I, what do I got to fear? But fear itself, I told the truth and that's what I'm going to continue to do. So now Rudy obviously could not explain what went on in the grand jury hearing, in this lunchtime edition of yours truly, Curtis Sliwa, as I follow um, Bill O'Reilly, the 15 minutes of an update he gives you and then the 45 minutes of a rip and reading commentary. No calls. It's not call driven like all the shows, the Quinella that I do on the weekend, which is totally call driven. I don't uh, interview any guests. But in this particular segment, I just want to focus on what might have happened in the grand jury hearing. I'm pretty sure Rudy would have used the attorney-client privilege for most of the questions asked of him by the uh, DA of Fulton County. I do not believe that he would have taken the Fifth Amendment repeatedly as Donald Trump did 440 times. That's an all-time record. And heavens to Betsy, some have suggested that because the walls are closing in on Rudy civilly, and also uh, in potential criminal charges, because this is a criminal investigation, was upgraded to that. Lou, say it ain't so. They implied that Rudy might negotiate a cooperation deal with the Fulton County DA, and then all of a sudden the DOJ would jump in the U.S. Attorney's Office there in Georgia. And they would put together a global cooperation and plea bargain. Ain't no way Rudy's going that way, even though... He conducted many of those activities when he was a U.S. attorney for the Southern District uh, who uh, locked up more mobsters choking on their lobsters, members of Italian organized crime, uh, the Mafia, La Cosa Nostra, than anyone else in the history of the Department of Justice. But I know in some of the banter going back and forth, uh, comparisons to Watergate have been made. And I got to tell you, I lived through Watergate. And boy, those, those. Those were criminal times in which our government was, in fact, through the Nixon administration committing crimes. No doubt about it. I remember the attorney general for Richard Nixon, John Mitchell, 
and his loony kazuni wife, Martha Mitchell, who uh, was in the habit, Lou, of getting half in the bag at night and then calling up all the reporters <laughs> and dropping information to them. Half in the bag, Martha Mitchell. Anyway, uh, Attorney General John Mitchell in the Watergate years, uh, appointed by Richard Nixon, was convicted of conspiracy, obstruction of justice, lying under oath. He's the only attorney general ever to go to jail. I think he got a sentence of two to eight. Then he was disbarred. And then, of course, there was John Dean, the whistleblower, who was the White House counsel, who pleaded to a single count of obstruction of, of justice. He was disbarred. And I think he did about... Mm, Four months in jail, about 120 days. But I know damn well the one question I would bet my life on, and again, Rudy can't comment on this when he comes on air today from 3 to 4, as you can normally hear him, 3 to 4, Monday through Fridays, and then the extra special edition uh, with Dr. Maria joining him on Sundays at 10 to 11, right before Judge Janine Pirro. You know the DA of Fulton County looked at Rudy and said, what did Trump tell you to do? What did Trump, then the president, tell you to do? And eventually we'll find out how uh, Rudy Giuliani answered that. I think Rudy would have just said, look, that's covered by attorney-client privilege. I was the personal counsel to the president of the United States, Donald Trump. But know this, Rudy is a target of a criminal investigation. They are boring down on him. That's why we're circling uh, the wagons on behalf of Mike Kumbadichich and a member of our frat and sorority here at WABC. In the next hour, there should be a hearing on the unsealing of the affidavit behind the Mar-a-Lago raid by the FBI. We'll probably have those details uh, if, in fact, the court decides to open them up towards the end of the show, no doubt constitutional scholar Mark Levin. He was magnificent last night, Lou, on the Sean Hannity show. I came on after him talking about the crime in New York City. But Mark, with a lot of drama, (laughs) he did his spiel about the FBI, the Justice Department, that he slammed his glasses down on the podium. That's it. And the Rock Ribbed All-American Conservative Voice of Reason from Franklin Square, Long Island, Sean Hannity, uh, then came uh, to me. Uh, about the crime in the city. But uh, that was a magnificent performance by Mark Levin, uh, the constitutional scholar here at WABC. I'm sure by 6 o'clock tonight when you tune in to Mark Levin, right after the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with John Katzmatidis, host, and his hostess, Lydia Serrani, and their panel of guests, he'll probably be able to bisect and dissect for you exactly what transpired in that hearing on the unsealing of the affidavit behind the Mar-a-Lago raid by the FBI. Meantime, speaking of Rudy Giuliani, a lot of people don't know side by side at that time, Rudy was appointed U.S. Attorney for the Southern District by Alphonse Ali Boyd D'Amato, the U.S. Senator, who ended up loathing, hating him, and despising him, and myself, because I sided with Rudy against D'Amato. But Al D'Amato, to his credit, also appointed... The uh, U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, Andrew J. Maloney, almost simultaneously, Rudy served from 83 to 89. And as you know, he was busting Italian organized crime guys, the heads of the five families. He went after white collar uh, criminals like nobody else ever had, uh, Boski and Milken. Oh, and he caught such grief for that. And actually, he was relentless on crime. 
but almost matching him step for step was the Eastern District uh, attorney, which covers uh, Brooklyn, Queens, and Long Island, Andrew J. Maloney. He prosecuted uh, John Gotti Sr. and the Colombian drug kingpin Pablo Escobar of the Medellin cartel and the Brooklyn political boss Mead Esposito, who was uh, whining, dining, and getting pocket-lined at the Thomas Jefferson Democratic Club on Conklin Avenue and 92nd Street, where I drew, grew up in Canarsie, and where they still get wine dined in pocket line there. Things have not changed. But I'm sure there had to be tension. I know when there was a trial against John Gotti Jr. Uh, for the kidnapping and uh, killing, attempted killing of me, there was a lot of battles between the U.S. Attorney of the Eastern District who wanted the case and the U.S. Attorney from the Southern District because some things occurred in Brooklyn, Queens, and Long Island relevant to the case, where they planned my kidnap and where they planned my execution. And then obviously Manhattan in the U.S. Uh, Southern District where I was actually kidnapped and shot five times with hollow-point bullets. So they would go back and forth, back and forth. And I'm sure, knowing Rudy, not knowing... Uh, the New York uh, Eastern District uh, attorney at that time, Andrew J. Maloney. There had to be a, a, a tug of war at times. The reason I mention all this is Andrew J. Maloney has passed away. He was born in Greenpoint in 1931, graduated from Brooklyn's Bishop Lachlan, same high school that graduated uh, Michael Maticic, Rudy Giuliani, and his lifetime bud, uh, Peter Powers. Then he went on to West Point, served as an Army Ranger, then went to Fordham Law School at night. And it's interesting because his wife, Eleanor, died only five weeks ago. Passed away after 65 years of marriage. How many times, Lou, have we heard when a husband and a wife uh, who have been together forever, one passes away, they're the best buds, the best friends of one another, lifetime uh, lovers, that soon after one dies. I mean, 65 years married to the same person's. If you added up all my marriages, uh, oh, my God. Uh, God bless him. Uh, former U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, Andrew uh, J. Maloney. We'll do a, a tremendous um, a tribute to him over the weekends uh, when I do the overnights, uh, which is uh, 12 midnight to 6, uh, both uh, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. There's so much to say. Meantime, we were outside earlier today. Outside the offices of Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, the schmuck to putz, the U.S. Senator. Because there were a number of demonstrators outside, young and old. Uh, and showing up was Frank Diaz, our news guy. And, yes, Sid Rosenberg on his way to catch uh, the speed ferry to the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera. And they were screaming, hey, hey, ho, ho, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer's got to go. I like that. I like that. Both the old timers and the young guys. Uh, the New Jack uh, demonstrators, they were looking at me. They were eye-fornicating, uh, mad-dogging me, saying, oh, oh, you're evil, you're a Republican, you're a friend of Rudy. Then the old-time demonstrators, they looked at me like OG because they knew I had been arrested 77 times. So naturally, many of them had been arrested during uh, nonviolent civil disobedient acts and demonstrating for causes they believed in. And so they told the young ones, Lou, Curtis is crazy, he's not a Trumper, and he loves cats. And he's been arrested 77 times. He's OG by us. And they were protesting against fossil fuels. And it was great to see some of the young New Jacks break their virginity and get their first-time arrest. 
and I was schooling them in terms of what to do. Meantime, I was screaming at them. I was saying, look, why? Why just demonstrate outside? It's 1968 all over again. And the old timers got excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Mark Rudd, Students for a Democratic Society, they took over Columbia University. We could take over Schumer's office. And the old timers, they had no problem with that. The new Jacksons, oh, my dad lead to violence. I have to get home by five. Oh, man. We were so close yet so far. And I was telling the cops, why don't you get your handcuffs and arrest the real crook? The schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese, you win. They looked at me like, Curtis, come on. I start in trouble. I said, because trouble is my middle name. Meantime, speaking of the old Althacacas, the old guard of demonstrators going back to the anti-war years where they didn't mind getting arrested in civil disobedience. Get this. When we look at the analysis of the recent votes in the primary that took place in June, Nobody young showed up to vote. Nobody, almost nobody. New Yorkers age 50 and over dominated the vote as they do in all votes. So the past June primary here was for governor and state assembly. Next week, we're going to have the uh, federal uh, primaries for Congress and obviously for the uh, state Senate. The political might of older voters was most apparent in the Bronx and Staten Island, where 80 percent of the residents who cast ballots were age 50 and above. Look at what transpired in Long Island, Long Island and Suffolk. Wow, this is staggering. Eighty nine percent of those who voted in the primary. Obviously, they voted for Zeldin on the Republican side, probably Holcomb uh, on the Democratic side. Well, 50 plus. Nine in ten in Nassau, 79%. If not for the AARP crowd, there'd be nobody voting. I got to tell you, they've had early voting so far in this election cycle. It is a miserable. I am telling you. Now, young people have never really voted except in presidential years, and they'll do that again in 2025. But I I, I, got to tell you, make that 2024. (laughs) I bumped it up a year. I must tell you, I believe part of it is that we no longer have what I had when I was growing up, going to PS114 in Canarsie, Bill C. Junior High School uh, in Canarsie, civics class once a week, in which we were taught about governor, government, the roles of the elected officials, the appointed officials, and even if you weren't paying attention, you picked something up. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that anymore, and for a lot of young people, they don't want to get involved or even understand politics They think uh, everyone in politics is corrupt and there's no need for them to get involved. And obviously both parties try to keep it their own little private club. Meantime, up in the 17th Congressional District, uh, Alessandria Biagi. Oh, talk about needing older people to get elected in the primary. Well, she just blew that up because she suggested last month that women past childbearing age wouldn't be effective legislators. You can kiss that 17th Congressional District primary run against uh, Maloney, Congressman Maloney. He's got a little Barney Frank to him. There's quite a controversy going in in terms of one of his drivers, aide-de-camps, who's living in his house. I mean, it's real freaky-deaky. But Alessandro Obiagi used to be an intern of mine during the Gotti trial right at WABC. You just blew yourself up. And you know something? Good, because you are Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. This is our theme, Blue, whenever we speak of the growing problem, an epidemic that has become a pandemic in some uh, references, uh, monkeypox, which has been spreading uh, all over the world. But um, I have been in the forefront of saying there has been so much misinformation because we didn't want to tell the truth. We just didn't want to tell the truth. We wanted to imply that you could get monkeypox by rolling around in sheets that somebody else had had monkeypox in or maybe using the same towel or using the same clothes. Uh, most of that is all nonsense, all nonsense, and it's been from day one. And now we have documentary evidence that are coming from public health officials and infectious disease experts from so many different sectors of the United States. That about the only way you can get monkeypox. Could I have that music there, please, Lou? I need a little bit of inspiration there. With the decadent, debaucherous uh, Rolling Stones behind me who probably had every sexually transmitted disease uh, known to man and womankind. I don't know if uh, Keith Richards has had monkeypox yet, but man, he's got that. He's got that. <laughs> That needle slammed into his arm. I don't know if he's, it's uh, mixed with heroin and fentanyl, but somehow he survives. And, of course, it's Mickey, 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 Mickey. But it is without doubt now the documentary evidence proves from public health and infectious disease experts, no matter that they are, that sex between men, both anal and oral intercourse, is the way. That monkeypox is transmitted. It is the main driver of global monkeypox. The skin contact that comes with sex, these experts say, is probably much less of a risk factor. So what have I been saying since day one, huh, Lou? People have said, you're a homophobe. I have said, look, because this is affecting uh, gay and bisexual men having sex with one another, as you can see, anal or oral intercourse. That abstinence is the cure until you get fully vaccinated. Keep your rocket in your pocket. Haven't I been consistent about that? Meantime, in New York City, Department of Health, what were they saying in Chelsea? At first, oh, if you're going to have sex, gay and bisexual men, do it while you have your clothes on. And their healthcare experts, their healthcare experts, please, they're full of bull feathers. Maybe I should declare myself to be a doctor. I mean, everybody else does. Look, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, she's no doctor. We used to have, what's his name? Um, uh, Savage. 
He called himself a doctor. In the meantime, his real name was Wiener, not Anthony Wiener, who I partner up with Saturdays at 3 to 4, left versus right. But, yeah, yeah, Dr. Sev, yeah, Dr. This. Anyway, the coalition may appear to be strong, but that does not explain the whole picture of disease caused by this virus. Uh, so we need to keep an open mind. Not. Meantime, for all of you sex maniacs, in fact, I noticed Lou earlier this morning when I joined Sid Rosenberg in the 6 o'clock hour, he was talking about something he's going to be taking as he uh, takes his wife and his children uh, out there to Sussex County uh, to the lodge. Uh, Lou, uh, you got to make sure that whether you're gay, bisexual, heterosexual, or... I guess there are 72 different terms to uh, establish your sexuality, and we have to uh, honor it no matter what you decide on that given hour of that day, of that month, of that year. But you got to be careful not to be Casanova. Now, what was Casanova best known for, Lou? Eating 50 raw oysters for breakfast every day because of the high zinc content. It was an aphrodisiac, and the guy could screw his brains out morning, noon, and night. That's why he was considered the great Lothario, the great lover, Casanova. It was all in the raw oysters. Well, apparently, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, two guys eating raw oysters from Louisiana in Florida dropped dead. They dropped dead because supposedly they had that one in a billion that was bad. (laughs) One in a billion, huh? Oh, the rest is okay. Meantime, the CDC, we're going to be talking about them because uh, they have established that they messed up and that they were going to fess up. And how come Dr. Fauci is not exiting stage left and committing Harry Carey because he totally messed up? Anyway, the CDC has said oysters are top of the mountain for dangerous foods to eat. You're putting yourself at tremendous risk when you do. So you got to cook them. And that's my beef. Let me tell you something. Every year when I go to the Oyster Bay Oyster Festival, October 15th and 16th, and then on North Shore, Long Island, all they have is uh, they got the baked oysters. I don't want baked oysters. I want raw. You can barely find any raw oysters. Maybe because of the CDC. Could be. Speaking of the CDC, Walensky, no, 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 no relationship to President Walensky and the Ukraine continuing the war against Putin and his T2 tanks. But the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention delivered a sweeping rebuke of her agency's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Really? Really? Which ended up killing more than a million Americans. Quote, to be frank, we are responsible for some pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes from testing to data to communications. Really? And those of us here at WABC who were constantly opposed to the CDC, we were called apostates, heretics. We, we were said to be endangering the public. No masks, no masks. Oh, no, 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 no. You're spreading uh, bad information. The need to get vaccinated? I mean, how many people out there right now listening, how many civil servants ended up losing their jobs because... They told their inquisitors in their civil service bureaus that they already had COVID. They they had the documentary evidence they could prove they had COVID and that they had antibodies. And immediately their inquisitors said, you must be vaxxed and you must have a vax passport or we will fire you. Now, you could go vote, right? You don't have to show any identification, but to get a sandwich 
and a Coca-Cola, you had to show a vaccine passport. And everybody said, that's crazy. Are all these people who were fired, who lost their homes, couldn't pay their mortgages, couldn't go on unemployment, all these civil servants who were fired, and some in the private sector, are they now going to be hired back with back pay and benefits? Since the CDC admitted they couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. And how come Dr. Fauci is not falling on the sword? You see, this with Japan. Lou and I've seen this myself in Japan. I have guardian angel groups in Japan. When they fail, when a CEO fails, he comes before his board of directors. He takes out the Kinzu. That's the best way. Harry Carey. Come on, Fauci. Admit you were wrong all the time from that very first interview you had with our own John Katzmatidis at the start of the Lunar New Year, which is January of 2020. I remember listening to it on a bus back from Atlantic City in the Martial Arts World Expo at the Trop. And I remember you saying, no problem, coronavirus, no problem. You don't need masks. Fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi. Anyway, let's go to uh, Cardinal Dolan. Yes, Cardinal Dolan is there again for Catholic Charities. Uh, Grabbing the newly arrived illegals, uh, I'm telling you, uh, and deciding that, hey, let's side with the illegals and let's not have ICE, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, have anything to do with them. Now, you know that we are fronting the bill for 1,300, 1,300 hotels. Rooms for the illegals to stay in at the Milford Plaza. Uh, Lou, uh, could I hear, please, a little bit of that old Milford Plaza advertisement that used to play ad nauseum on TV over and over and over. Come on along, I'll take you to the lullaby of Broadway. The Hickory and Valley Who. The lullaby of Broadway. And in the center of it all. Stay at the Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail, dinner, and breakfast for $49.50 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby of Broadway. No more. And now Eric Adams, the swagger man, the mayor with no plan, is seeking an extra $5,000 hotel rooms to house these illegals as they keep coming into the city, basically because he decided to take on Governor Abbott. You decided to take on Governor Abbott. And so now he has rerouted them from Washington, D.C., right here to New York City. And meantime, Cardinal Dolan is saying, we will welcome these strangers unconditionally, offer them whatever could be provided in terms of assistance. And then I scratched the service and I said, okay, you're providing that. Who's paying for it? You think Catholic service is paying for it? Donations to the church? No, 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 no. Maybe initially. But they want subsidies from the city, the state, the federal government. It's a business. It's a business. The cardinal said, these are people with names and with dads and moms. Well, we wouldn't know because they don't have to provide any paperwork. Again, they're not being tested for polio, TB. They're not being tested for malaria, monkeypox, COVID-19, nothing. Nothing. And you know... The one part that isn't being said is that when supposedly they're here for a year somewhere in America before they have to go for an asylum hearing to a immigration and naturalization service court, they're supposed to check in with ICE. Well, you see, uh, Eric Adams 
and former Governor Cuomo, and I'm sure Dolan in his own mind, consider ICE to be thugs. Do you really think they could be checking in with ICE? And, you know, we need to have an award ceremony for ICE, these men and women so brave. Nobody talks about them. The front line of defense against the narco-terrorists, the sex traffickers, those bringing fentanyl into the country. They never get recognition. They never get attention. If anything, they get called thugs by our elected officials. Meantime, speaking of our elected officials, the West Village, yes, the heart of the Bohemian community, has suffered a rise of 80% in crime, Lou. 80% in crime. 103% of it is the result of grand larceny and shoplifting. And so they're ringing my phone off. They want me to bring the guardian angels uh, into Greenwich Village. Guess what? In the summer of 2020, when every night outside of Stonewall, you had the radical transgender mob go through the streets, sometimes looting, sometimes robbing. And we squared off with them. You sided with them. You didn't side with us. So guess what? Tough noogies. Uh, that's also the Chelsea. Chelsea, which is in the midst of a crime wave there on the Lower West Side. They actually housed and supported Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And they actually threw garbage, I remember, at the cops in the summer of 2020 when they were trying to take out Derek Ingram, who was leader of uh, Black Lives Matter in Manhattan. And they fended them off. Yeah, Black Lives Matter, real great job. They become big, large mansions. So to Chelsea, to Greenwich Village, Ufa. Depend on Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. Oh, yeah, Lou. Finally, finally he scraped the barnacles off his backside, got his rear in gear. Mayor Adams is removing the abandoned outdoor dining sheds that I and my partner last Saturday, uh, Anthony Weiner, were talking about and say, what, what's the difficulty in just removing those dining sheds that are not being used? The initial blitz will demolish 24 neglected sheds. And the press conference was held by the Department of Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tish of the Tish family. You really think she knows anything about sanitation? This city is the dirtiest and the smelliest I've ever seen in my 68 years, except for the time of the garbage strike when then Nelson Rockefeller, the Republican governor, was at odds with the Republican mayor, John Lindsay. Other than that, I've never seen it dirtier. And she says, New York has always been known for its restaurants. And under the Ad- Adams administration, we're going to be known for something else. Clean streets. What are you waiting for, Tish? Pass the Grey Poupon. What do you think, Jeeves? Oh, Jeeves, Jeeves, uh, please, my chauffeur driver, could you, could you fetch that uh, gum wrapper on the floor? Get the hell out of here. Meantime, ladies and gentlemen, the crime continues to escalate and escalate in the city. I just want to give you just one thumbnail sketch because it's something I can relate to. It's a Shell station on Clarkson Avenue near Rockaway Parkway in East Flatbush. Uh, not far from where I grew up in Canarsie. Canarsie's on the other side of the tracks at Linden Boulevard. But I also was a night manager. Yes, a night manager at a Shell station on Rockaway Parkway and Seaview uh, uh, Avenue or Rockies uh, uh, Shell station. And I know how difficult that is. But these guys who own the station and run the station are getting attacked on a regular basis. They had a guy who was on a city bike with a milk crate type basket adhered to it. 
By the way, if you notice, a lot of these thugs lure on city bikes when they commit their crimes. You think they're renting the city bikes? You think they have a debit card? You think they can use a snap card, uh, the uh, <laughs> food stamp card to get a city bike? They're stealing these freaking bikes. They're even doing drive-bys. Oh, nobody in oh, city bike. Oh, city bike. Oh, get out of here. So they keep attacking the workers at this Shell station. They attack the customers. And as the owner said, five years, five years I've been here. I've never seen it this bad. I didn't have a single white hair on my body a year ago. Now I have a graying beard since purchasing the gas station. I'm ready to get out. It's getting worse and worse every day. My guys are scared. These people are drunk. They're on crack. They're here every day. The police do nothing. I lose about $50 a day to theft. That's a small business guy. He's out of here. And I can relate. Because I was a night manager at Shell. And let me tell you something. Oh, one day I got to tell you the stories. But I'm going to have to relegate that to the other side of midnight. Saturday mornings from 12 to 6. So nice. They let me do it twice to the break of dawn. Sunday mornings from 12 to 6. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now I have the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear it's a truth, and I owe it all to you. What a great, what a great movie. What a great soundtrack that our own cousin Bruce he put together, and he also starred. In uh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah, remember he was the magician with Jennifer Grey. And, you know, we're doing the tribute to Cousin Brucie this weekend, Saturday. Right after I'm on with Anthony Weiner, left versus right, three to four. You don't want to miss it, four to five, our tribute to the greatest of all time in top 40, without a doubt, Cousin Brucie. But he was in this uh, movie. And the reason I'm talking about Dirty Dancing today is really the trifecta, the trinity, the troika. It's the very location that this was based on Grossinger's. The Catskills Resort Hotel was demolished by fire the other night. What remained of it, fire tore through there. And it took hours and hours, located right near Route 52 and Sullivan Avenue in the town of Liberty. Firefighters from several departments battled the fire for six hours. And put it out, and all that was left was ashes and ashes, dust to dust. And I can remember as a kid going over Route 17, whether it was the Irish Alps, where Bernard McGurk's uh, father has a bungalow, or the Jewish Catskills, where Sid Rosenberg's family lives. And then, of course, it was the try to track down Monticello. Oh, I remember the memories, the memories. There was Browns, Nevilles, Kushners, Pines, the Concord. So many great hotels, but Grossinger's it's top shelf five star. And the other thing is, if Patrick Swayze, the great actor, singer, dancer, and no doubt, machismo, maniacal, sex symbol. Except for that one movie he was in a dress. You know, I, I, every male rite of passage, you always got to wear a dress one time. I can't get that. But anyway, I saw him in Dirty Dancing. He was just magnificent. I actually, it almost made me cry, Lou, when I saw Ghost. 
I never liked Whoopster. She was great in that. And Demi Moore, who's uh, showing her body parts in Greece at like the age of uh, 60. I don't know. She was great also, but Patrick Swayze was the best. He would have been 70 years old today. Wow. He did not survive pancreatic cancer. Uh, let me give a shout-out to Dick Vitale. Yeah, Dick Vitale, ESPN, right? They thought he was gone with cancer. This is a good message to our colleague, Bernard McGurk, who's going through what I went through, prostate cancer, back in 2012. He's had chemo. Remember Dick Vitale, they said, you're gone. You had melanoma, and then on top of that, lymphoma. It's over. It's over, Dick, and he wasn't on for like a year and a half ESPN doing NCAA basketball. Well, he announced, he posted a video of himself ringing the bell, screaming that he's cancer-free after chemotherapy, after chemotherapy treatment. Dick Vitale, his uh, cancer is not in remission. The doctors have said he's chemo thing. And at the age of Dickie's 83... He's coming back to ESPN. Well, I really like Dick Vitale, right? Wow. There is hope out there. Hope. Yeah, Bernard, hang on, hang on. Look, we've all been through that as cancer survivors. Unfortunately, Patrick Swayze died way too early. He had that public battle with pancreatic cancer. But, you know, when we speak uh, about the Catskills, I think of trees. Have you noticed the incredible number of injuries and deaths of late that have happened uh, by fallen tree limbs or fallen tree? You know, we see Governor Abbott often now, and he's in a wheelchair. And he was paralyzed below the waist when an oak tree fell on him while he was jogging following a storm. That was in 1984. He had two rods implanted in his spine, and that's why he's in a wheelchair. It's almost like... FDR was when he was president. By the way, uh, his wife is the first Latina to be first lady in Texas. I don't claim that he hates Hispanics. And then recently, what, a week ago, two soldiers were killed by a falling tree in Georgia outside of Fort Benning. They want a training exercise. Struck and killed by a falling tree while taking shelter. Three other servicemen injured. Then you saw the uh, case of the Bronx woman who was swimming in an apartment swimming pool in Riverdale taking laps. And everyone heard the trunk crack from a nearby tree. She was looking up and then crunched. The the pool was completely filled with blood as she passed into the hereafter. And a guy named Jared Richardson, right in Brooklyn. A tree grew in Brooklyn, right? Great book. A tree grew in Brooklyn. He lived right outside of this park in Bed-Stuy, and every day he would go sit on a bench and just admire the beauty of that park and the children playing and the parents and everything. The tree branch fell on him the other day, and in three days he had passed to the hereafter. Wow. We, We never really think how many people get injured by trees or killed by trees, but... In New Zealand, they're stopping sheep herding to plant more trees because what do they do? (laughs) Suck up the carbon dioxide and then expel the oxygen and help deplete the growing uh, global warming and climate change. By the way, uh, Lou, whatever happened, August, I thought, was the song of the cicadas, you know, buried into the turf there for like, what, 17 years 
And then all of a sudden they come out and it sounds like the ice cream trucks or the whistle of a wiffle ball, the clink of ice in a glass. Trillions of cicadas. And they're fornicating and copulating and then they die. What happened to the cicadas? I, I miss them. I miss them dearly. I know you all don't, but I do. Up next, Greg Kelly.